Welcome to Narrow Way to Broadway, a podcast for people of faith with a passion for the arts. Each episode is designed to foster community for the thespian and non-thespian and the believer and non-believer alike by navigating topics affecting the hearts, minds, and homes of artists everywhere. Thanks for joining. What's up, Narrow Way to Broadway family? This is Emma, and I just wanted to thank you for tuning into our show today. We are so excited to have you here, and I am just as excited to be introducing you to our special guest for today, my new friend, Mrs. Kayla Grizzard. Kayla is an actress, she's a mom, she's a wife, she's a crafter, singer, worship leader, dancer, artist, and friends fanatic, but the title she loves most is Disciple. Kayla graduated from Liberty University, where she studied theater and has had the super cool opportunity to perform alongside people like Quentin Earl Darrington and Laura Osnes, and she even performed on stage at the Tony Award-winning theater, the Dallas Theater Center. Uh, Her and her husband moved to New York City, and they started a ministry called The Hang that ministers to artists in the city. So if you are in New York looking for some community, hit them up. Um, And although Kayla so loves to perform, she knows that she is sitting in purpose with this directive from God. So please help me welcome Mrs. Kayla Grizzard. Hey, Kayla. Hi, Emma. How are you doing? Good. I'm so happy to have you on the show. And so we're just going to dive right in. How does that sound? I'm ready. Let's do it. So before, I'm so excited to talk to you more about The Hang and just what God is doing in and through you guys in New York. But first, I would just love to hear a little bit about your background in faith and your background in theater. Sure. Uh, I was raised, I was blessed to be able to be raised in a Christian home. My dad is actually a Southern Baptist preacher, so deep roots uh, in the faith. I was very blessed by that. It was a lot of dinner table conversations about theology and God growing up. So that was that was a lot of fun. Um, I came to know the Lord as my personal savior when I was six years old um, at a friend's house. The Lord actually used a, a very scary dream uh, when I was spending the night at a friend's house to make me come to the realization that I really needed uh, him as my savior. So I prayed to receive the Lord that night when I was six. My dad baptized me the next Sunday um, at church and then just kind of started that road toward sanctification and discipleship at that point, um, went through some stuff. I think we all kind of go through some stuff as we grow up, especially if we were saved young. My faith totally took root when I was six, but there were some things the Lord used in my life when I was like middle school, high school. So middle school and high school turned out to be really, really important times um, in my faith journey. I struggled with an eating disorder around that time. And uh, that kind of became the the turning point for my personal faith in Jesus. Um, Around that same time, though, I developed a love for performing. I was in theater in in school and like did all the children's choir stuff. And I developed just this love for uh, the arts. And my grandmother had instilled in me a love of the old like 1950s MGM musicals. I think I had like 76 or 78 or something of the VHS tapes of those of uh, Gene Kelly. Yes, Donald O'Connor, Debbie Reynolds, all of those. Um, and so when I woke up and I realized that I could actually like be Vera Ellen as a career, I said, absolutely. I'm going to do that for the rest of my life. So I started training and, um, went to college at Liberty university studying musical theater and with a full plan to pursue that as a career. Um, yeah, yeah. Loved it. Love that. Give us a little bit of a timeline between 
I know you went to school. Was the move to New York pretty immediate or was there some time in between? Oh, no, there was time. <laughs> there was there was a lot of time in between. So I left Liberty um, in 09. I got married and left a year early. So after my junior year of college, I got married um, to this amazing man, Jordan, and he was going to be a worship pastor. And so there was a lot of tumultuous conversations about how do I pursue the arts, which I was sure the Lord had called me to, um, but also know that I think I think the Lord is telling me I'm supposed to marry this guy who's in ministry. I'm from ministry. I know what that looks like. And so we actually actually broke up with Jay um, because I was like, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna follow my calling and do what God told me to do. Um, but after a lot of prayer, Lord was like, no, you're supposed to marry this guy. So I married this guy and fully expected to be kind of like giving up my dream to sound dramatic. But um, we got married and moved to Florida to be at our first church um, in Ocala, Florida. And then after just like a year, Jordan went to go get his master's at Dallas Baptist University and moved us to Dallas. And it was a long time, really. I was working to try and help pay the bills until Jordan kind of worked his way up to a position where he was like, you know what? You don't need to do this anymore. Why don't you pursue acting? Um, and I was very grateful. And that's when I booked Dallas Theater Center in downtown Dallas, which was this amazing contract full of just the most incredible people. Um, I was so blessed to be able to work there with those people. I still know a lot of that cast. Um, that cast went on. A lot of them went to Broadway. Our, our jo We did Joseph and the Amazing Technical Dreamcoat. And our Joseph was in the original cast of Hamilton um, and Waitress. There were so many shows that came out of that cast, so very blessed. Um, but it was many years later, even after Dallas, that the Lord actually told Jordan, not me, <laughs> to move us to New York City. Um, and I told him I didn't want to, I didn't want to leave the comfort and the life that we had built. We had had a child at that point. We'd bought a house. Um, we had two children, but we moved. So it was actually Jordan that the Lord used uh, to move us to the city, not me. That is so funny. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Full I love that. Yeah. That is so funny. So, so upon, you know, arriving in New York, I know that you guys, I think it's fun how you talked about, you thought you were going to have to give up your dream of performing yeah. to kind of live this life of full-time ministry. And it just seems like there's such a beautiful marriage of, ministry and the arts with what you all have done with The Hang. So tell me about how The Hang came to be, how it started post moving to the city. Yeah. So God is just so crazy, right? We were speaking at Liberty University um, when we took The Hang to talk to the, to the kids there about what God was doing. And somebody raised their hand in a class and she was talking about how like she really felt strongly about worship leading and songwriting, but she also really wanted to have a family and how she knew that she really couldn't do both of those simultaneously well. Um, and Jordan just looked at me and she went, what do you think about that, Kay? I went, I really do get your heart because that's the way I thought. That's why I broke up with Jordan was because I wanted to do one really well. And I thought I had to be fully invested in one and sacrifice the other to be in God's perfect will. Um, and man, God is just so much bigger than that. So much bigger than we give him credit for. So when we moved to the city, Jordan was leading worship at a church as the worship pastor, and I was raising the kids. And that's what I thought that was going to be our life, our role. Um, 
we were given one sentence by God, and it was that we were called to minister to artists inside and outside the church. So we got the job at the church, and we were like, great, this is inside the church, right? We'll we'll do the praise team thing. We'll disciple our people, all of that. And then I looked at Jordan, and I just said, babe, don't forget outside the church. You know, good luck with that. I'm going to raise the babies. And um, after a period of time, he looked at me, and he said, honey, I just feel like you're trying to delegate to me something God has told you to do. And it just hit me. Um, I was so overwhelmed and I was so intimidated, um, but spent a lot of time with the Lord just being like, God, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this, if that's what you have for me. And I talked to a mentor and she just said, okay, what do you, what do you have to offer God? Because he can't, he won't ask more of you than what you have. And I was like, okay, well, I'm from the South. I can throw a really good party, you know? And uh, so I was like, okay, great. I'll, I'll do that. So we opened our home and uh, we had some artists come and hang out and just talk about the, uh, the tipping points between faith and art. And has your art impacted your faith? Has your faith impacted your art? Um, do you still follow Jesus anymore? Um, how has that all worked together? And it was great. We had like four artists come. And we said, let's do it again. And so two weeks later, we invited him over. Um, only one could make it. <laughs> we were like, awesome. It'll be us and our buddy Jeff. Um, but throughout the course of that night, uh, we had two knocks on our door that were like two more groups of people. And we were like, the, you can't come in. We don't know you. And they said, well, we've heard that there have been a group of artists that are meeting here talking about God. So we just wanted to know if we could join. And we were overwhelmed. Um, so that second week we had five at the end of the night and two weeks later, I think we had seven and two weeks later we had like 10 and it just kept growing. And we didn't realize that we had birthed as this ministry where artists could come and talk about how their faith has impacted their art and how their art has impacted their faith and what it's like to be an artist in New York city, um, as a believer. And so we started out with four in the apartment that first time. And right now we have over, um, in membership, we have over probably about 250 artists in the city two years later. Um, and it's been really, really overwhelming to see what God has kind of grown in this family in the city. It's been awesome. That is so huge. I just love that. Um, I did. I, I love something you said earlier when you were talking to the girl from Liberty who kind of posed that question of these, these callings that feel separate sometimes of the calling to be a mom and, and a wife or the calling to fully be invested in your faith and then fully do the theater thing, do like, try it, do it, go for it. And I think sometimes we feel as though we can only have one true calling. And I remember something you said to me kind of on the phone call we had the other day was that being your most authentic self is following those two callings. And I would love for you to just chat a little bit about that in your own life and how you've seen it manifest in these conversations you've been having with these people in New York. Yeah, well, I think it has to start at kind of a deeper theological point um, of what we mean when we say the word calling. And this is kind of a sticking point for me. I'm a stickler about it because when we talk about callings, for me, the only calling that I believe is, is, it should be superior to everything else is the one that the Holy Spirit gives to us when we, when we hit our point of salvation. I am called to be a Christ follower. I am called to live my life for him. Um, I can do that with many different avenues of vocation. Um, 
And I think your vocation and where you're specifically uh, gifted to minister, I think the Lord is infinitely less um, burdened by what we do than who we do it for. I think that I can give glory to his name as an actress in New York City. I can also give glory to his name as a stay-at-home mom in Dallas. Um, It's just kind of these points of where your gifting best lies, what's best for your family, and then where you can give his name the most glory. Um, I think there are exceptions to that when the Lord gives this person a very specific word, like, I need you to go to this village and minister to these people. But as someone who's ministered to a lot of young people, I feel that people get very um, kind of locked where they, they're scared to move forward until the Lord gives them an absolute directive of go to this place and do this thing. And very often the Lord is glorified through the mundane of our everyday and just do today for God's glory, wherever it is that you're planted. And I think he'll, he'll receive the glory for that. And that is what we're supposed to be doing as, as believers is finding ways in our everyday to point people to Jesus. Um, and I think as far as being your authentic self, oh, I struggle with this, Emma. I do because I think authenticity has kind of been hijacked to, to mean be unfiltered a lot of times. And I think as Christians, we're not supposed to be unfiltered. We're actually supposed to filter everything through the lens of Christ-likeness. So I can be authentically living for Christ, but um, authentically, man, I'm a sinner. So I've got to put that filter of Christ-likeness and drawing close to the Spirit um, over everything that I do. And that's something we can try and challenge our people of because the world and the culture right now is very much you do you and be authentic. And no matter what anybody tells you, but be you, be your truest self. And as believers, we we combat it with, we want to be fully known and know that we're fully accepted um, in our in our true self right now. But God loves us enough to be like, don't stay that way. Strive toward Christ-likeness and holiness um, and try and push people toward those uh, fruits of the spirit, you know? Um, so yeah, that's a conversation that we have with our people. That's awesome. And I think that those conversations can only happen in a community like the one you guys have established where I know that you all have some like specific guidelines or things you encourage people to adhere to. So tell me about the hang. Tell me about what like a typical meeting looks like. Tell me about um, content, stuff like that. Oh girl, I could talk about the hang for hours. Okay. So (laughs) the hang's mission statement is to support and encourage artists in the city socially, professionally, and spiritually. When you get a group of artists together, they come up with a lot of great ideas for what we could all do together. But the Lord was really specific about like, we're not going to be a performance troupe. We're not going to be an agency. We're not going to be all these things. We minister to people socially. We want to try and give them access to friendships that not only make them happy, but can help strive them toward holiness. Um, Professionally, we want to help give them access to tools that can help them get better so that they can book. and then spiritually, of course, we want to help our people grow as disciples of Christ to love Jesus more today than they did yesterday, more tomorrow than they do today. So we do three that we have those three branches, we call them that we operate in. So we may have social events where we'll just hang out and kind of do nothing but get to know each other and help you build those friendships. Um, professionally, we offer a, kind of anything that we have access to. We've, we've partnered with some Broadway artists like Laura Osnes and Quentin L. Darrington, who's a really good buddy of ours. Um, Corey Cott, Betsy Wolf has come to speak. Um, bun- just a bunch of names, bunch of names that come in and they'll give workshops for us. 
or they'll give testimony and offer Q and A's. Um, and all of that is so that our people can help gain better knowledge to help book in the industry. We want as many Christians as possible booking as many Broadway and regional houses as possible because we see it as an opportunity to put missionaries in those houses and to bless the people um, that are, they're working with. And then, of course, all of that spiritually yeah. is so that we can help disciple them. And so we have two just what we call biblical gatherings every month where we come together, we open the word, and we do a Bible study. And nobody's, we try not to make it preachy. We do open the word and someone teaches, but then we break out into groups and we pose questions. We talk. Nobody is, you know, seen as above anybody else. But um, we have two really, really important uh, rules when it comes to our discussion time at the hang. And we say them every week. Number one is that you can say absolutely anything here outside of blaspheming the Holy Spirit and know that we love you and we will hear you with respect. Um, I think a lot of people have kind of doubts or frustrations or challenges for the church and theology that they don't feel comfortable taking inside the walls of a traditional church. Um, at least that's been our experience. So here we say, this is a safe space, not a safe space where you're not allowed to say things, but where you can say anything. And we're going to listen to you and we're going to try and listen to that humbly. Um, the second rule is that if you're brave enough to speak, be humble enough to listen. So this is not a place for you to bash the church or bash um, theology or God or whatever. You can lay your concerns out around a group of people that will love you and respect you and we can all listen, um, but be ready to hear people respond back to that. Um, and that's, that's gone really well. We haven't had any instances of, of challenge that has been, um, animus or angry. It's just been a really cool community to talk and, and challenge each other. In yeah. Way. Right. And knowing that, you know, when you step into obedience in creating that community, I mean, it says in scripture, like we're too or three are gathered, he will be in our midst. And I think that trusting that whoever's going to show up is who God wants to show up mm -hmm. and that these people are, are there for a reason. And I think that as long as we trust him with that call, he's going to do what he's going to do, you know? Yeah. And as a leader, it's been very, um, there's a lot of safety and a lot of release in knowing, like, I genuinely believe that what I believe is the truth. Right. And when you can kind of step, step away with that kind of confidence, then whenever I'm posing something that, that may be challenging or maybe they're challenging back to me and I'm like, I don't really, I don't know. But at the end of the day, I'm okay with conversations just going and going and challenging and questioning and going to, to places because at the end of the day, I know that God's word is true and I know that he owns the truth and that if I trust that that's going to be the end result, I'm okay with conversations kind of going. Um, I don't have to manipulate or control where they land because they're going to land at truth um, if we stay tied there. So, I, yeah, I would love to know too how, so we can just be celebrating in your, in the victories like God has had through the hang of what have you seen kind of God doing in and through the ministry of the hang in Ooh, New York? Girl, so many things. Um, we've had um, a, a lot of people come up from everything from like, I would not still be in New York if it wasn't for the hang, which is always a huge blessing for us because we believe that where the big cities go and where the art goes, there goes the world. That's kind of been true ever since things like the Renaissance. Wherever the arts community kind of 
um, leads culture, they have a lot of sway over how the entire world views things. And so um, that's one of our big passions is that we want to make sure that we infuse as many believers into the artistic community as possible. There's another philosophy that's like, we want, we want to reclaim the arts for Christ. And, you know, that theology is, is maybe somebody else's. That's just not my calling. My calling is for the people within the artistic industry. The fact that artists are staying in New York encouraged by the hang is a big deal to me. Um, cause we're, again, we're keeping missionaries within the artistic industry and that's very exciting for me. We've been able to see rededications of the faith. We've been able to see a baptize, baptism this past year. That was so exciting for us. Um, and we've seen people that have completely walked away from the church and won't go into the doors of a church, come to us and start seeing the Lord open up the, the closed door to their heart. Yeah. So would you say, I mean, what would you say to someone who, maybe is looking for community in New York, but they didn't necessarily think that a community of Christian artists would be the first thing they would think of, or they don't like have a background in church, or they don't know if what they believe about like the Bible or their worldview necessarily. What would, what would you say to them about the hang? I'd say, girl, just give it a try. Um, give it a try. Cause I think it's really, really fun to see the deep relationships that have started out of the hang. I see roommates and best friends um, that have come out of this group of people. And that is a huge win for us. When we see community being built on a deep level, that's not surface. Cause when you, when you do a cast, when you're in a cast doing a show, like you make friends and they are great friends. They're awesome. But they, but there is an understanding that we are together for a certain amount of time and then we're all going to move on. And so it's very difficult to develop rooted relationships in that environment. Um, the hang is a unique opportunity where you're specifically surrounded by artists, not all performing artists. We have directors and choreographers and producers, and now we're getting into painting artists and um, like social media marketers, like just really cool graphic designers and things. But people with that really special, unique artistic brain, all in one room, that's an easy point of connection but are consistent in how we meet that deep roots start to develop. Um, and it's really, really fun to see. So you, you got nothing to lose. Uh, just come and check it out. Yeah, I love that. And I did want to talk a little bit about, so I I don't know if our listeners even know this, but I, I'm based in Chicago, but I had the awesome opportunity to attend the hang through Zoom the other day. You were still doing the Into the Unknown series. And we talked about, uh, Jordan was talking about sort of how to approach a time, whether it's, you know, COVID-19 or whether like kind of approaching battle. And he talked about three things. He said to acknowledge that ultimately, you know, the battle is not mine. Two, to approach with praise. And three, to do it together in unity of the body. And I just love that. And he talked a little bit about how the enemy will feed on loneliness and isolation. So I would love to hear how you've seen not even just the hang, but in your life, how God has used unity of body and not just, you know, the whole, you know, me and God are doing the thing about the body of Christ. For sure. For sure. Um, no, I'm really passionate about this. I love, I love that you were able to join us. I'm so glad. Um, that's something that's really cool right now in 2020 is that we have the technology to where we don't just have to be the hang in YC right now. Like we can be the hang in from Chicago or LA or whatever. But for me, isolation is something that, that you know, Satan uses um, to take advantage of. And community is so very important, um, as we all know. 
like praise God for me, I travel with my community because I have two children <laughs> and, a, and a husband. But our people are, are feeling that for sure. And it's always, it's not just important to have community, but it's important to have good community. Um, you can surround yourself with people all you want, but it's going, the type of people you surround yourself with are going to be um, heavily, you're going to be heavily influenced by. So who do you want to look like? What are the people in your life that you emu- you want to emulate? Find time to surround yourself with those types of people. Um, and, and see if it doesn't change the way that you view the entire world. Um, that's always been really, really important for me personally, is who are my mentors? Who are my friends? Um, who do I want to be like? And I want, I want to find time to be with them. I love that. Thank you so much for just like offering all of this up. I feel like the Lord is really doing something so big through you guys at The Hang. And I just, I want to commend you for being brave enough to like see a need and fill it and not ask anyone else to fill it, but to fill it through what you know and through what you had, whether, you know, that was just being able to like whip up a nice warm casserole for two people, for Jeff. Um, And I just think that's so beautiful. I want people to be able to know where to find you, where to find the hang, all that stuff. But before we go, there are just, there are just two questions that I love wrapping up with. Um, So in your current life, in your fan, whatever, whatever it is with theater, with not theater, with your faith, what is something that you are learning to be true? And what is something that you are learning to be false? What's something I'm learning to be true? Um, you know, something that's kind of hit me as, as, you know, running the hang and especially right now is that God can use, God uses the willing, not the most talented or not the most obvious. And that's what I've always felt at the hang. Um, is that I was always very, very overwhelmed at the idea of kind of leading a ministry. And I felt, you know, seeing people like my dad, who I, it was, you know, my hero growing mm-hmm. up, is that he was so capable and so uh, authoritative and, you know, just this perfect leader. And I was just this, you know, little theater kid. And I realized that the Lord just needed a willing vessel. And so everything that I had within me was all that God needed to accomplish what he called me to do. Um, and I think once I kind of grasped that, then it became a lot less overwhelming to lead a ministry. And it, it became okay to be like, guys, I don't know how to do this. Let's figure it out. <laughs> you know, um, because for good mm-hmm. or bad, the Lord had given this ministry to Jay and I, and I don't know why, but he had. So it's not about how cool I am or how good I am. It's just like, okay, well, God, for some reason wants to use me to do this. So let's figure it out. Right. You know, right. um, something I've learned to be false. Um, a lot of things. One of my pet peeves is bad theology and catchphrases. <laughs> we just did a teaching at the hang about, about that recently. Um, uh, so I, I will say the most recent thing I've learned to be false because I read Tim Keller's book, the power of self forgetfulness, which I highly recommend is that the solution to low self-esteem is high self-esteem, which I think is really prevalent in our culture right now to really do a lot of the self-help catchphrases that we'll see around, um, you know, she believes she could, so she did type of, type of things that I just think are bad theology. Um, and it's like, it's not that I can do all things through me who gives me strength. It's through God who gives me strength. And it's not finding the power within myself 
to uh, be able to conquer my dreams or whatever. It's about laying my dreams at the foot of the cross and saying, God, you do with these what you will. I'm, I'm choosing to pursue you, not these dreams. Um, and then seeing what God does with a willing vessel. So yeah, those are probably my two. I love that. I think that's such a good word. And I think that's something that it's that the self-help stuff. I agree. I've tried all of it and it doesn't work (laughs) in regards to that. So if people wanted to follow the hang, follow you kind of keep up with what's going on with that, would like social media be the best place? Where can people find you? media is great. So we have an Instagram, the hang NYC, um, that we post on pretty regularly. Uh, we also just launched a YouTube channel that has most of our teaching for like, I think almost probably this past year. So if you want to kind of catch up and know like what our theology is and what we're teaching, you can hop on there and, um, and find out a bunch of our Bible studies that have been put on there. And then we have a Facebook page as well as a website, the hang that's amazing. I love that, Kayla. Is there anything else you would like to share with our listeners? Anything else that's been on your heart before we wrap up? No, girl. Just I'm so appreciative of you of inviting me. Um, I'd love to talk with anyone who has questions about the arts and faith. Um, give us an email at thehangnyc at gmail. Or like I said, follow us on Instagram. We'd love to connect. And everybody can check us out on our Zoom hangs now. Yes. Yeah, I think we're actually moving to Thursdays now, but we can, if you get in touch with us, then we can send you our whole schedule. It'd be great. We love it. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Kayla. We are so appreciative of you and we can't wait to see what the future holds for you and for The Hang. Emma, you guys too. Can't wait to hear more podcasts. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of the Narrow Way to Broadway podcast. We want to give a massive thank you to our special guest for today, Kayla Grizzard, for coming in, taking the time out of her day to share her heart, to share with us about calling and authenticity, and for giving us an inside scoop on what God is doing over in NYC at The Hang. So if you want to follow her, you can follow her on Instagram at Kayla Grizzard, and you can follow The Hang at The Hang NYC. You can also find them on their website at thehangnyc.com. Thanks for joining, guys. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Narrow Way to Broadway podcast. If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe. We release new episodes the first and third Monday of the month. For more information on what we're up to, follow us on Instagram at InwayBWay.